0: Welcome to Dish the Dirt, a light-hearted and fun podcast about Australian flower growers, their stories, knowledge, and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca, and each week I speak to a different farmer and get them to dish the dirt. Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Good morning and welcome to episode 8, season 4 of Dish the Dirt. It's wonderful to be here again. I'm sorry if you can hear the Frozen soundtrack in the background, but we are in lockdown and things are getting a little crowded around here and the girls are got given this horrid frozen toy that lights up and dances and does all of this weird stuff. Anyway, it's very annoying and it might go into our community swap box at some point very soon. Anyway, um, it's lovely to be here and I'm so excited to be sharing this story today. So... I interviewed Natalie from The Big Bouquet, which is a flower farm located in the beautiful Yarra Valley, very close to me, specializing in gerberas. The farm is owned and operated by Natalie Kirst, who has a wonderful team who pick and bunch gerberas all year round. During spring, the farm also grows some varieties of peony roses. The Big Bouquet operates as a tourist attraction five days a week, allowing visitors to enter the glass house where all the magic happens have a light meal in their cafe and purchase beautiful bouquets of fresh jubras. They pride themselves on their quality, Australian grown flowers, and hope to inspire listeners around the country to keep it fresh and support your local growers, which is what we are all about on Dish the Dirt. So I will get into it. How you going? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, I'm excited to be talking to somebody in my area. Yes. Yes. I'm just down the road from you, actually, not very far at all because we are on sort of the main, like, main highway. So yep. not yep. too I've far. Seen your
1: beautiful little shop there. I always oh, thank um, you. notice your beautiful window displays and, oh. and your floral features that you have there. They're fantastic. Oh, thank
0: you. Well, I think we'll start off just by... If you let everyone know where you're situated, because I know exactly where you are, but the listeners don't. So, would you yep. like to tell us where you are? Yep. So, we're situated in the heart of the Yarra
1: Valley in the beautiful, picturesque Hillsville, um, mostly known for its wine, but there's definitely a few extra things up here to do. We're targeting the family friendly market. Mm. Uh, We've got a fantastic area up here for kids and families to enjoy with our playground and the flowers, of course, and alpacas. Mm. Um, We just really want to make a space that's fun for kids and that parents can enjoy as well and also get a bit of an insight to to the industry and what's behind the scenes in the flower growing.
0: Yeah, awesome. So when did you start in Hillsville? My the
1: farm itself has been here since 1995. It was originally okay. built by Burton McReed Reich. Uh, my husband and I took over about seven years ago. Okay.
0: Um,
1: we were previously farming in, in Mombolk. So, yeah, going into the seventh year here now being in Healesville.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Were you farming the same flowers in Mombolk? Was it different? Originally we started with
1: growing roses Okay. and then we switched to gerberas so by the time we left the mumbulk farm it was all gerberas and here of course is is a hectare of gerberas so yeah
0: yeah wonderful and is your background has it always been in farming
1: it is i was lucky enough to fall into the industry i think a lot of people get into the industry through families from farms being passed on but
0: Mm.
1: as uh an early school leaver I was sort of offered a job in this industry and was given the option. Basically, mum said either take the job or go back to school. So I took the job at 14 and I've been in the industry ever since. Oh my goodness. Where were you working to begin with? So I started out as an apprentice at Voight's Flowers in Wirriellick.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
1: I did a couple of years of my apprenticeship for them and wanted to broaden my horizons a bit and learn a bit more about the industry, so I transferred my apprenticeship over to a rose farm in Mombok.
0: Yeah. And completed my apprenticeship there. Yeah. And what have you seen, like what have you learned along the way with starting out at fourteen and getting to now, I'm not sure how old you are now. You could be twenty, no? <laughs> no, a bit, a bit more, a bit more. <laughs> but you know, what have you seen change in that time? Um,
1: I think every industry sort of evolves. You, you're always changing with trends and fashions, I guess that's one thing that always affects the flower industry. Most recently we've seen a massive trend in dried florals Mm. um, and things come and go. I know in the last few years that really cottagey flower is back in fashion the yeah. Age actually just did an article featuring the gerbera as the new fashion flower, which I was very, very pleased to read. Yeah. Um, but definitely we follow trends and colour palettes and, and things like that. So that's probably one thing that you sort of constantly see changing.
0: Yeah. And with gerberas, so you're predominantly or you only grow gerberas on your farm, is that correct? We've also got about four acres of peony roses. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. This year
1: we've done some sunflowers in the glasshouse, mm. uh, which was more sort of a knock-on effect of some issues we had through COVID getting gerbera plants in the country. We okay. were left with, with a few empty bays, so we decided rather than let them sit there and chew up money in heating and watering and things like that, we might as well utilise that space. So we put in some sunflowers and they've been, been really successful. Yeah, Um, wonderful. Again, sunflowers are kind of a very popular flower at the moment. So we've been lucky there and to be able to produce them in Victoria um, out of season. So we've done quite well with them. But the plan is definitely to get back
0: to the hectare of gerberas. Yeah. And tell me how you grow your gerberas. Are they outside or are they under... Are they in a glass house? Yep. So we're in a glass house, mm. um, all hydroponics.
1: So it's, it's a very controlled environment. Um, we sort of control the watering, we're controlling the temperature, light levels, uh, everything. It's, it's a really simulated environment. Yeah. We're trying to give every gerber plant exactly what it needs to keep producing beautiful flowers for us.
0: Yeah. And you can, by doing that, you can produce all year round. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. wonderful. Otherwise, what season are gerberas normally found in? Typically spring and summer. Okay, wonderful. So
1: these plants will grow outdoors. Uh, yeah. They just won't produce over winter. So to grow these outdoors, you'll get your typical seasons. You'll, you'll flower in spring and summer and then they'll go more dormant through the winter months. But in this climate, in the glass house, we're producing every day of the year.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And can you tell me sort of what varieties you have? Do you have different varieties of gerbera? There is a few different varieties. So we have mini gerberas,
1: yeah. which are you've got your flower size, which is around the size of a fifty cent piece. Mm. We have standard gerberas, which are your typical standard large gerbera head. Mm. And this year we're actually branching out and doing a few specialty lines like uh, pom poms, which are. Mm almost look a little bit like a dahlia they're kind of a I don't know they've got lots and lots of petals and they're just really cute there's another variety that we've had a bit of interest in um in the last 12 months, which has been spider gerberas. And yeah. they just look like a, a gerbera that's having a bad hair day. They're really fluffy. <laughs> they're really unique. They're really different. And, again, I think the floristry trend has been very loose and unstructured lately. So yeah. that's exactly what these gerberas are. They're, they're loose and unstructured. And yeah. they're a bit of a love-hate. Some people look at them and think, oh, it's terrible. It's not a gerbera. Um, but definitely some people look at them and think, oh, that's beautiful. It's something really unique. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. there's sort of the four different lines that we'll be doing within the Gerber field.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And then you've got your peonies. And uh, how long have you had those in the ground for?
1: We've had peonies for around... Or 15 years okay wow yeah yeah so they haven't been in the ground that whole 15 years we we tend to dig and split every probably seven to eight years okay um to multiply the plants so yeah that's um that's a very seasonal thing it's a it's a short flowering window we're Mm. sort of harvesting for about three weeks of the year but yeah during during that three weeks you really you're working really hard. Yeah, <laughs> long days.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So what? What is that November that you're harvesting those?
1: Yeah, usually the end of October, beginning okay. of November. So that's yeah. sort of three week period. It's very weather dependent. Um. Mm. If you're getting a, a cold spring, then that'll be a bit later.
0: Um, yeah.
1: So very much orientates around what the weather's doing at that time, which is fairly unpredictable.
0: So yeah. Yeah. And what brought you to Gerbera growing from going from Roses to then Gerberas? What took your interest in them?
1: Look, we, when we were growing at Monbulk the Roses, what we were finding was imports, which are a pretty hot topic industry-wide, mm. imported Roses were coming in pretty thick, pretty fast. They were beautiful um, and they were cheap. So mm. for us to be able to produce roses and compete with those imported flowers was pretty pretty tough, Yeah. Um, especially with increasing costs. You know, wages are going up every year. Gas prices have skyrocketed in the last mm. sort of 10 years. Um, so to be able to be an even playing field, it was really hard to market roses um, against the imports, you know. Yeah. So we did dabble with a few gerberas and I guess one of the main benefits with gerberas is that they can't be imported. Yeah. Uh, imported flowers go through a, a quarantine process and the gerberas just aren't tough enough to to sort of survive and come out the other end of that process. So mm. for us it was a, a calculated decision that this flower is fairly protected from imports yeah. um, and it needs to be grown here in Australia to keep keep the supply coming. So yeah. it seemed, seemed like a safe option at the time and, and so far so good.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And are there many other gerbera growers in Victoria or in Australia? Not heaps, but there is a handful of us. Okay.
1: There's um, a couple in Victoria, there's a couple in Perth, uh, Adelaide, one that I know of, a couple mm. up Queensland way, uh,
0: but not, not heaps, not heaps. Yeah, wonderful. And... I know that you have got sort of a family space up there. What made you decide to open it up to the public?
1: It was always open to the public when Bert okay. and McReed established the farm. Um, they found that just, yeah, there was an interest from the public. People want to see what goes on behind the scenes. And a mm. lot of the times the public is so blown away. You know, they see these beautiful flowers in shops and really have no idea about what goes in behind the scenes to make that flower happen. Mm. Um, so it's a real eye-opener for people and I think the scale of what we do here is is always a mind-blower for people. Mm. Um, so that was, we've, we've evolved the tourism a little bit coming out of COVID. We've had to make a few changes um, around some of our tourism things that we do and don't do anymore here. Yeah. But for the most part, people can really still come and enjoy when we're not in lockdown yeah. Um, yeah, when farm. we're not. Oh it's,
0: <laughs> oh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but how has COVID affected you? Has it affected anything to do with flower sales? Um, I know you said it's affected getting some plants into the country. Is yeah. there anything else that's really affected you? It's sort of been a real roller coaster.
1: From when COVID first began, it, you, you couldn't sell a flower. Um, mm. this, is, this is going back March, Aprilish, last year.
0: Yeah,
1: it, There was just no market at all. Orders just mm. got cancelled. You couldn't sell anything. So we actually put on our social media a video um, of basically the thousands of bunches that we were dumping every day. It was devastating. Yeah. You couldn't do anything about it. And then what we saw is that was when we sort of went into the the very long lockdown that we had Mm. and people were, especially prior to Mother's Day, finding that, okay, if you can't go and see your mum, you can't take her out for lunch, the next best thing we can do is send flowers. So then we sort of saw this skyrocket in sales where we we couldn't keep up. We didn't have enough. Mm. If I had 10 hectares of gerberas, At that time, it still wouldn't have been enough to meet the demand. Um, Since then, it's really plateaued. Everything's fairly steady. We supply other states. So there's been a little bit of juggling between which states are not in lockdown, where we're sending our flowers and vice Mm. versa when other states are in lockdown. But it's, it's remained quite steady for really the last sort of six months.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And who do you sell to predominantly? Do you sell to wholesalers or do florists come and pick up off you? How, does it, how do you work your sales?
1: Yep. so we cater for both. Mm.
0: We have a few local florists that buy direct from us,
1: mm. um, which is, is fantastic. They know they're getting a really a fresh product when it's coming straight from the farm, but we also mm. supply a lot to wholesalers. Yeah. Um, for the volume that we do here, we, we need those wholesalers to take big numbers. So
0: yeah a bit of both. Yeah and how do you package your flowers so this is also again a hot topic i guess in the industry at the moment is plastic packaging how do you guys um work your flowers how do you package
1: Yeah, we use a couple of different forms of packaging Mm. uh for local stuffs we're using just a plain sleeve um yeah local uh Deliveries, they don't require a lot of packaging. I mean, your packaging is really coming back to protecting the flower. Yeah. So depending on where it's going depicts what sort of packaging it needs. Mm. The gerber the being such a big, bulky flower, it needs that protection. So when yeah. we're dealing with customers interstate, we use a machine that places a little plastic cup on every individual flower. Mm. It then goes into a sleeve and then you can basically pack it flat. So yeah. and and we can near on guarantee that it'll get to the other end without bruising or creasing. Yeah. Um, it's a damage free flower. So yeah. there's there's a need for packaging. There's definitely a move towards environmentally friendly packaging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, at the moment, we've we've looked into that. At the moment, that cost is just not viable. Yeah. Um, the environmentally friendly options, they're beautiful, they're wonderful, and I'm all for it.
0: But mm.
1: I can't make that sacrifice financially to invest in that um i think that the price will come down and there'll be more people that will go with that option Mm. but at the moment we're just not there yet
0: yeah yeah and tell me about the scale of how many bunches you would send out in a week because i think that's important for smaller growers just to realize kind of the scale of what you're sending out in comparison and sometimes why you yep. have to make these business choices. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, okay, so what would we send out a week, say? Six, we could be sending out between 1,500 to 2,000 bunches through winter
0: mm.
1: and that could double through summer. Yeah, wow. Per week.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's, it's a lot of volume and your packaging costs, you know, I could spend easily twenty to $30,000 on packaging a year mm. if i'm looking at making the move to environmentally friendly that bill can see 60 to seventy thousand dollars a year so that's the kind yeah. of to put it in perspective mm. um and yeah I, I don't think too many flowers have got that kind of spare cash at the moment
0: yeah exactly so yeah. is it just you yourself and your partner on the farm or how many staff do you have to keep this going
1: so at the moment I have 10 staff. Mm. Um, we're predominantly female.
0: Yeah, awesome. I have, uh, everyone's <laughs>
1: got their own sort of specialty. I have my yeah. girls in the shed that look after the bunching and packaging side of things. Um, we have staff that run the cafe and tourism side of things. Uh, we've all really got our own sort of specialty department but as a team we work together really beautifully.
0: Yeah, great. And what do you love about your job?
1: Oh, that you just never know what you're going to wake up to in the morning. <laughs> you know, I've just literally stepped out from castrating to alpacas. Um, oh, great. <laughs> you, you wake up in the morning and you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes it's just a day of picking and bunching. Sometimes it's a, a power outage and you spend all day driving around trying to get 400 litres of fuel. It's, you know, which is mm. all what we've seen in the last sort of, few weeks yeah it's a constant changing target you know you you never know what you're gonna get in the morning
0: yeah and so it's
1: variety I love the variety
0: yeah amazing so what would you say is has been your biggest learning curve along this whole journey
1: uh, I think we're always learning I don't mm. think uh, I think that's a, a never-ending curve mm. uh, I'm always learning I'm always everything's evolving you know and there's changes we need to adapt with changes um there's there's so much to learn and and plants aren't straightforward they're not black and white they're always different they're all unique so I don't think that's that that ever stops the learning
0: yeah and what is your biggest piece of advice for um other flower farmers or florists in the industry Well, my favourite quote is from my late
1: husband who says, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So I think having a passion for what you do is so important. You need to love what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And have you along the way, I don't know, have you um, seen anything in the industry that you really love and something that you would like to see change?
1: Um, I think what I love the most about our industry is that we are we're a niche group of people. We all know each other. We all support each other. The mm-hmm. support that, that I've received in the last 18 months from fellow growers and, and industry members has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. Sometimes it takes, unfortunately, a tragedy to bring out the good in people, but I've definitely seen that light everybody Mm -hmm. has been so supportive of of us and myself and the farm over the last 18 months so to me that's one of my favorite things about our industry that everybody's been incredibly supportive um would I like to change something I don't know if it ain't broke don't fix it I think
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all right I
1: don't know if we need to change our industry
0: is there a need for
1: that I don't think so
0: yeah and what thrives like I guess well gerberas you're growing gerberas but um the sunflowers you've had a bit of success with those would you say that there's something in your area or on your farm in particular or weeds Okay, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If there's one thing thriving coming into spring, it's the weeds. So, Mm.
0: yeah, they're growing
1: the best at the moment, but I think
0: everything else will catch up soon. (laughs) Yeah. And how do you manage any pests or weeds on your farm? Yeah, we uh, recently sort of
1: in the last 12 months have made the move to biological control. In the glasshouse, which has been amazing, that's been a huge learning curve, and we've had really, really good results. So, yeah. one of our control methods is bugs. Basically, we we fight bugs with
0: bugs. Cool. There's
1: always a need for chemicals. Unfortunately, it's just not not possible or viable to to go chemically free completely, mm. yeah. but definitely we can minimize that. So that's what we've done here, and and we've had fantastic results.
0: Yeah, amazing. So where do you get your bugs from? We use a company
1: in Perth called Biological Services okay. and they're fantastic. They send out scouts, you know, once a week to help with monitoring and advice and, yeah, there is a few other companies that do, do the bugs but we use Biological Services.
0: Yeah, wonderful. So what is your favourite flower? <laughs> that might be a really silly question but maybe... It's not. Oh, I feel like I have to say the gerbra. Yeah, I know. You cannot. Can I feel like I have to
1: say that. I'll say the gerbra, but I always have a sweet spot for roses.
0: Yeah. And yeah. is there any particular colour or variety that is your favourite on the farm at the moment?
1: Oh, look, for me, you know, I suppose I see different things in the flowers than what others might. Some people particularly like a colour, but I will purely like a variety because of what it does on the farm Mm -hmm. if it's resistant to mildew then to me that's a win if it produces heaps of flowers that's perfect yeah um so sometimes it's
0: not necessarily the prettiest flower it's it's what it does as a variety yeah and for gerberas is it cut and regrow or do you just get one flower off a bush so the plant's are growing, we keep them for
1: two years
0: okay. and
1: we're harvesting the flowers each day from those same plants. So yeah. when picking gerberas, it's a little bit like rhubarb. You kind of twist them and pull them out from the crown. Okay. Um, and after about the two year mark, we see a downturn in productivity. They just become a little bit older, a little bit tired, a little bit pot bound. Uh, mm. So it's at that point that we'll turn the crop over and, and replace with new gerbera plants.
0: Okay. And has there been anyone along this time that has inspired you to kind of keep going in the flower industry? Um,
1: Yeah, the whole industry is an inspiration. Um, Again, I guess that comes back to the support that I've seen. Mm. Uh, I have two very little people in my life that are inspiring. Um, My son and my daughter have got to be my biggest inspirations you know their little faces make you want to get up and keep going for the day and my husband and I we had this dream for this farm and that was part of what we wanted for our children so it's Mm. really important to me now more than ever to keep that dream alive so yeah definitely the kids and yeah inspiration can come from anywhere it comes from my team it comes from my
0: kids yeah absolutely yeah amazing. And these are like little questions that I always ask people. If you've listened to the podcast, you may have heard them. But one is, what are you listening to in when you're working? Do you have a favorite song? Do you like to sing it out loud? or do you have a favorite podcast?
1: Absolutely. we We do listen to your podcasts. Um, Friday's R and b Fridays. So yeah, awesome. We've got a fantastic stereo system and the acoustics in the glass house are pretty good. So <laughs> every Friday we're rocking to R&B Fridays. Um, yeah, we've got 80s disco happening. It really depends on what we, mood we're in on the day. Yeah, um, cool. If I want something done super quick, we're listening to dance music. If we're cranky, we're listening to rock. It's just
0: <laughs> whatever the mood depicts on the day, that's what we're going for. Yeah, wonderful. And do you have a favourite tool? yeah my
1: tractor
0: oh good <laughs> yeah I love that what too. kind of tractor
1: are you driving she's an old girl she's an old Kubota, but she's um she's fantastic
0: she pulls really good weight <laughs> yeah yeah and if you had to leave quickly what three things would you take with you farming related Farming related? Mm, well. I know you would take your children, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah, I suppose I have to. <laughs>
1: uh, farming related, what would I take if I had to leave quickly? I don't know. It depends why I'm leaving quickly, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. If it's survival, I'm taking a lighter, a cordless drill
0: and, I don't know, a knife. Yeah. Okay. That's such Good. a
1: practical answer. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: it's awesome. It's good. <laughs> Everyone's answers are always different and it always yeah. puts people on the spot. So yeah, it's yeah, a funny one. That, that's a good one. And is there anything I haven't asked you, Natalie, that you really wanted to share about your farm?
1: Um look, I'd love to to, to promote the farm. Um, mm. you know, our as I say, our cafe tourism side has really suffered during COVID. So I guess I'd like to let all the listeners know that. When we're not in lockdown hours, we're open from Wednesday to Sunday from 9 until 4 and I would yeah. love it if, if everyone could come and pay us a visit.
0: Yeah, awesome. And where where do they find you on Instagram and how would they contact you if they wanted to get in touch? Say if a florist is wanting to buy direct from you or somebody wants to come and see the farm, how how do they find you on Instagram and that sort of thing? So our Instagram is
1: at the Big Bouquet. We're also yeah. on on Facebook as well. Our um, our media social media guru is Dana, and she's very mm. responsive to our messages and, and things like that. So p- please feel free to drop us a line on either of those, and we'll get back to you.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And are you still st- selling flowers at the front at the moment? We're not. Are you doing that? Oh, okay. We're not. That yeah. was one thing that we did do during COVID. Um, mm. At the moment, that's
1: just not viable for us. It's not really yeah. working. Also, we're seeing such a big demand through our wholesalers. We just yeah. haven't got enough at the moment. So, yeah. but when, again, when we're not in lockdown, we do have flowers available from our cafe. Um, little bouquets
0: and bunches and and things like that so yeah Yeah, amazing i did see a whole heap of your flowers this morning actually when i was at the wholesaler so that was pretty cool yes yes yeah yeah Yeah. um i think they were going out to adelaide maybe yep today yeah 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 um but that was pretty awesome yeah thank you so much for being part of dish the dirt and A huge thank you to Natalie and her team at The Big Bouquet for joining me on Dish the Dirt. If you wanna get in touch with them, you can reach out via Instagram and they would love to hear you. Also when we open back up from lockdown, if you wanna head out to the Yarra Valley and actually see the farm in action, that would be awesome too. You can take the kids, they've got alpacas, they've got a playground, they've got a cafe. It's a really, really awesome day out. So head out there and support Natalie and her team thank you to everyone who is listening and just for this beautiful community that we have built from dish the dirt it is so encouraging to hear all of these stories from farmers all around australia it's so encouraging to hear your feedback every week and this is just a place where anyone can share their stories knowledge and insights into the industry and I am happy to share anyone's stories. Thank you, everyone, for being part of Dish the Dirt. I hope wherever you are, you are having a wonderful weekend. I am going to go and deal with children and puppies and lockdown and enjoy the sunshine that we're going to have because I think in Victoria, well, especially where I am, it's meant to be a really beautiful weekend. So... One other thing I had to mention was that we have had to postpone our Dish the Dirt Industry Day at Monvale Flower Farm. We will put out a new date as soon as we know when restrictions are going to be easing. Uh, So please bear with us. If you would prefer a refund, please do get in touch with me and I can process that for you. Also, we have our Dish the Dirt soundtrack or... um, What is it? It's a playlist on Spotify. If you want the link or would like to know where to find it, just reach out via Instagram and I'll send it through to you. Anyway, have a great weekend. Get out there. Keep being blooming fabulous.